0: Welcome back to the Hot Tip Best Daily Pick Show for Saturday, November 6th. Great college football slate today, so let's just jump right into it. The-, oh. the first game I want to take a look at on this weekend's card, SMU taking on Memphis. SMU comes into this game seven and one on the year. Memphis four and four. And you know, obviously, SMU losing that first game of the season last year to Houston was not exactly you know what they had planned. And you know, this team has has definitely improved from what they were last season. Um, and, and they've been pretty impressive. Memphis, on the other hand, obviously that controversial win over Mississippi State was was really the peak of their season. They have not looked great since. Um, only win since then was against Navy. And 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 let's be honest, it's it's really just been struggle on struggle out side of that win you know um the loss UCF was not great and it, it's just it's just hard to get a great read on this Memphis team you know um Seth Hennigan obviously um is still a question mark for this game you know he is he's questionable whether he's not he's gonna play um he does 21.53 yards on the season though so you know if he's in the game is definitely great but Peter Parrish is not a bad starter by any means I don't really think it's a huge change for this team and he's going to be the likely starter in this game. So, you know, Memphis is going to have to roll with him. Um, at the head of this offense, but you know they've got some decent talent to throw to. Obviously, Calvin Austin third has been on fire at wide receiver for Memphis this season. Nine hundred one yards on the year for him, but it's kind of one of those situations where it's like, yeah, you have a stud wide receiver and a standout guy, but outside of him, the death of wide receiver is really lacking, and it's really shown. You know, when when he gets locked up, when um, they can't get him the ball, their offense struggles to, to to move the ball downfield. You know, Brandon Thomas, you know, has done a really good job rushing the ball too, six hundred sixty one yards, but. It, it's kind of that, that that same thing. You know, you can only do so much when you have um, one stud guy that is getting shut down um, by a defenses. But it's not like this this offense has, has hurt too much this season. You know, you can only count them out so much. They're still moving the ball extremely, extremely well. 6.51 yards per play this season, um, as well as 32.25 points per game. So offensively, you shouldn't have a whole lot of struggle for Memphis um, do obviously have Peter Parrish probably playing this game. Um, so, you know, that could throw it off a little bit. But, you know, Memphis does not have a whole lot to worry about um, at the moment. As far as SMU goes, though, um, they're going to be looking to get this thing going back in the right direction. Obviously, you know, that was now with the result they wanted last week. And they've been a pretty good covering team, um, although not necessarily as of late. Um, They started the season off really hot only. I mean, they've covered five of eight games, so, you know, it's still profitable. um, But, you know, that could easily flip this weekend if they don't cover for us here. Um, Offensively, though, they've done a really, really good job putting up points. Forty two points per game. Taylor Malachi um, has been one of the more impressive quarterbacks, especially in the American. Twenty six hundred twenty five yards on the season and thirty two touchdowns through eight games. 32 touchdowns. This dude is averaging four touchdowns per game. Absolutely insane. And it's a big reason because of how talented this wide receiver group is. You know, he just has so many options to throw the ball to. It's not like he, you know, there's just just one guy out there waiting for the ball. Trey Siggers, who, you know, leads the team in receiving 517 yards on the season for him. And when, you know, um, I'm sorry, Trey Siggers running back, rushing for 517 yards. So when you add that into the, the already stellar passing game, it's really a hard offense to slow down and it's it's been really hard they've been putting up 6.73 points per game and and that's one place where i think Memphis is going to struggle mightily in this game you know they could use a lot of help on defense and and they just aren't getting it you know their defense has allowed 29.63 points per game this season JJ russell has been a studded linebacker though um really been the the anchor that's kind of held this Memphis team together but you know it's hard to say they're it's holding it together when they're not doing much he does have 86 tackles on the season though and For Memphis... They need to do something to get the season back on track to to, to hopefully at this point just get to six wins and and make a bowl um, is obviously the the goal for this Memphis team. But this is going to be a very tough game for them, especially going up against this SMU defense that has been just so good this season. Um, They are allowing 25.38 points per game, which, you know, isn't great. But when you got an offense that's so explosive as SMU, you know, late game touchdowns and stuff like that, it's going to happen. The score is going to get a little more out of hand um, per se. And and their is done a decent job as far as holding um, yards per game, only allowing 5.95 yards per play. Um, And while the defense struggled against Houston last week, that was obviously a big key to to why they lost that game. These two teams are generally just going and... Completely different directions at the moment. You know, Memphis is, is battling injuries, trying to just stay alive and and hopefully you know be bowl eligible. SMU, on the other hand, is, is is hoping to to have a shot at the American tournament or the American championship this season. And you know, they're they're on a pretty good path to do that and, and to have a chance at it. Um, but they got to win this game, you know, for, to keep those hopes alive. And, and and really, with them being on the road in this game, you know. It, the road factors in a little bit. I don't know if the Memphis' home crowd is, is going to be too much for SMU to handle by any means. Um, and really, I think they should just be bigger than five point dogs here. You know, I was surprised it wasn't at least a touchdown, if not 10 points, is really what I predicted the spread um, would probably be at. Yeah. So I absolutely love SMU minus the five in this game. Next game on the card, no surprise to anyone Michigan State taking on Purdue. Michigan State. 8-0 on the season, Purdue is 5-3, and and um, yeah, Michigan State still undefeated, got that great win over Michigan last week, and let's be honest, am I just betting Michigan State at this point because they keep winning? Absolutely. You know, we are six and one when betting Michigan state this year. And I don't have any plans of stopping anytime soon. This team is so much fun to watch. I, their, their games are just so enjoyable and not to mention, they just keep covering spreads. We don't really need to talk about the Nebraska game. We'll just act like it didn't happen. They got the win. We move on. Um, and then we live to fight another day um, and really going into this one for Purdue. Don't get me wrong, Purdue has had a very impressive season, you know, five and three for a Purdue team um, is by no means a bad start. And that, you know, win over at the time, number two, Iowa, granted, they're not anywhere near number two right now, um, was a huge win for this program and, and really just excelled the entire season for this Purdue team. Aiden O'Collin has, you know, been Okay, at quarterback, we'll, we'll just call it what it is: fifteen hundred fifty-one yards on the season, nine touchdowns for him. And and like we were talking about earlier in the show here, you know, the Purdue one of those teams where um, they kind of just have you know the one option at receiver. David Bell has has been a stud at receiver. Don't get me wrong, seven hundred eighty-six yards on the season. Um, but I tend to to favor teams that spread the ball around more, you know, um, and don't just necessarily have that one guy. I say that as we're playing Michigan State here. We'll get to that in a second, but. Um, uh, <laughs> (laughs) I don't think that went through, Um, but Purdue, you know, the wide receiver position could use a little bit more depth. Um, They don't have the greatest ground game in the world either. Um, King Dory, you know, has been okay. 363 yards on the season, but offensively as Purdue team, I would just like to see some more points out of only putting up 22.88 points per game. And and more importantly, they need to do a slightly better job moving the ball Um, 5.09 yards per play this season. Would, would really love to see that number up and going up against a Michigan State team that has just been so impressive. You know, Mel Tucker has this team rolling in the right direction, and they just have so many playmakers on the offense. Obviously, Peyton Thorne um, at quarterback has had an impressive season, 1,897 yards. Jalen Reed um, has, has been great um, at wide receiver, also 642 yards, five touchdowns. But let's be honest, there's one guy on this team that we're talking about, alluded <laughs> to him a little bit earlier. And that's Kenneth Walker, the third, you know, we've been, we've been hyping up Kenneth Walker, the third all season. I mean, go back and watch every single machines State pick we've given out this year. I guarantee I've missioned Kenneth Walker and I guarantee I've missioned him um, as a Heisman candidate. Unfortunately, I didn't bet that that would have been a great bet. Probably should have done that um, because he had an absolute monster game against Michigan, you know, um, almost 200 yards, five touchdowns in that game. And he has 1194 yards on the season, you know, Kenneth Walker III is the best player in the country, hands down. I don't want to hear your arguments. And, and this Michigan State team just keeps covering spreads, which is really what I care about coming into this game. And, and and they do a really good job at scoring points, 34.63 points per game. Um, and they got a good defense, and I think they have a more than enough talent on defense to slow down this Purdue team. You know, it's a defense that has only given up 5.12 yards per play. And they've held teams to 20.5 points per game. You know, Mel Tucker really just has this defense cooking and looking very, very strong Um, here in his second season. As far as Purdue goes on defense, they're also good on defense. Don't get me wrong. They, they honestly, they might have a better defense. Um, the Michigan State going in, they, they probably do. You know, they've held teams to five point oh nine points per game. Um, sorry, yards per play rather. Um, they've held teams to seventeen point one three points per game. And you know, on the defensive side of the ball, they can definitely make some noise. And it's going to be an interesting one, no doubt, for Purdue in this game. But Michigan State's offense is going to be nearly impossible to slow down. Kenneth Walker III is almost impossible to contain. And and, and really, to if they can take him out of the game, they'll probably win. But if they can't, they're going to lose. And they're going to lose in, in not great fashion, um, I would have to imagine. And when it comes right down to it, one, Purdue should be bigger dogs two you know on the road in this one i don't think michigan state's gonna really have much of a struggle and most importantly for this game i've said it a couple times but it is just the truth michigan state covers spreads i've been betting on michigan state all year and until michigan state proves me otherwise i'm gonna keep betting on them so give me michigan state minus three in this game Next game on the card, the Big 12 matchup between Baylor and TCU. Baylor's been impressive this season, seven and one on the year, TCU three and five. And obviously, the biggest story coming into this game, um, TCU fires Gary Patterson after that loss to Kansas State last week, which is a little bit head scratching because what are they really going to do better than than Gary Patterson? Granted, he wasn't having the best year, but you know, they had an impressive season last year, went five and one, obviously start the season off great this year, two and Oh, with wins over to Kane and Cal. Um, but you know, the only other win they've been able to, to muster up this season was that Texas tech win. So I get why they fired him. Um, but it's still a little bit puzzling. You know, I think I would have at least waited until the end of the year and see how it all played out. But, um, I don't know that he was ever going to win this game. You know, Baylor has been a very good team this year, and they've really kind of flip-flopped these two teams have from where they were last year. Baylor went 2-7 and seven last year, um, and so far this year, the only loss they have on the record was to Oklahoma State, who is obviously also a very, very good team um, this season. And, and one thing that I think really helped Baylor out, that, that kind of excelled him, and, and it was something that what I was saying a lot, a lot of teams coming into the season, you know, having that full offseason was going to help the coaching staff. And for Baylor, it seems to have been true. You know, um, Gary Bohannon has done a really good job at quarterback 1785 yards 12 touchdowns for him taekwon thornton has done a really good job catching the ball 601 yards and five touchdowns for him and really this offense was impressive last season um or not they've been imp- sorry they improved <laughs> from last season and they've been really impressive um this season abram smith has done a great job rushing the ball 898 yards for him and, and the offense just has found a way to score points 37.3 points per game but really the one stat offensively that jumps off the board for this baylor team for me is how well they've moved the ball 7.07 yards per play i mean when you're averaging seven yards per play that's going to be a hard, hard offense to try to slow down, and and while TCU's offense hasn't been horrible, it hasn't been anything special. You know, um, Matt Duggan has has only passed for sixteen hundred sixty six yards, which isn't horrible. There's there's guys worse in in college football, but it's still not great. And, and while this roster um, entering the season, I believed was one of the deeper rosters in the Big Twelve. That only means so much when you're not producing on the field. You know, Quinn Johnson does leave a pretty good group of receivers, or at least in my opinion, um, some talented guys, 473 yards on the season for him, and you know, the offensive line has definitely improved from last year. It was a line that allowed 23 sacks last season, and they've only allowed 11 this season, so they've done a great job protecting Dugan in the backfield, but um, offensively, the 31.5 points per game, well, that's high, and well, that seems like it should, you know, be finding ways to win games. Unfortunately, in the Big 12 it just doesn't that you're not going to win enough games in the big 12 only scoring that many points. And I think their defense is honestly going to kind of get lit up um, here against Baylor. It's a defense that's also allowing 31.5 points per game as well as 6.94 yards per play. And and, and while again, I thought they had one of the better defensive lines in the country coming into the season. They haven't necessarily been able to show it. And I think this is just going to be, you know, a slow outing for them. You know, when when you fire a coach, it can really go one of two ways. The interim can come in and, and will lead you in, in and really pump up the team and, and lead you with a lot of victories. Unfortunately for TCU, they got to go play a very good team in Baylor. And I just don't see that necessarily being the case. You know, I think Baylor's defense is really going to be able to shut them down. You know, they returned to nine starters from last year's team. Um, they, have been able to hold teams in 19.38 points per game this season, as well as 5.1 yards per play. And quite honestly, this Baylor team might be one of my favorites in the big 12 right now, obviously playing at home. Um, it's going to be a huge, you know, help for this TCU team no doubt um, Baylor going to have a, a little bit of a I don't want to say challenge they're going to I don't even know what to call it Baylor's going to have a game I guess <laughs> I think it's about all you could say it um, on the road I think they should be able to cover this six and a half point spread pretty easily so give me Baylor minus six and a half in this game Moving right along the next game we got on the card NC State taking on Florida State NC State 6-2 on the year Florida State 3-5 and, and you know this NC State team has looked pretty impressive this season. obviously had that marquee win um, at least at the time over Clemson doesn't necessarily look like a huge win at anymore um, and really I don't know if there's any huge wins in the ACC this year I guess maybe over Pitt um, it would be maybe Wake Forest I mean they're undefeated but we'll see what happens this week against North Carolina um, but anyway back on track to this game you know obviously going loose to miami a few weeks later and they rebounded against louisville last week um so nc state has a decent team and i think they will continue to improve and get better um and i think they have a great game here you know florida state under mike norvell in his second year was hoping for a huge season and that's just couldn't be farther from what happened this year you know it was a team that started out owned for um had a couple marquee games early on and and, and really just blew it. That's about all you can say. You know, Jordan Travis um, has been the go-to option at quarterback for you know. Um, seems like he he's firmly the guy now. They were switching a little bit um, between him and Milton um, there for a while, but Jordan Travis now seems like the the full go-ahead um, get-it guy. But he's only passed for eight hundred and twelve yards of the season and eleven touchdowns. Um, done a little bit of work on the feet too. Three hundred forty yards rushing hasn't been bad. And <clears throat> Joshua Corbin has also done a pretty good job rushing for this Florida State team. 714 yards for him. And while well, I can talk about this Florida state offense and say they, they have potential um, and they do. Don't get me wrong. They just need to play better football. That's it. It comes down to one thing. They have not been playing great football. Um, At least they weren't at the beginning of the year. They have played slightly better football here. Um, the last few weeks and the offense is putting up twenty nine point eighty points per game six point one five yards per play. And if they continue to do that, you know, they have some some depth of wide receiver that I think can really um, excel and, and potentially, you know, win a couple games down the stretch here. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be against this NC State team who, let's be honest, Devin Leary has been really, really impressive, you know, missed seven games last season and and he hasn't really missed a beat coming into this year. 1200 or twenty one hundred sixty one yards on the season. It's on has done a really good job. Up, rushing the ball to 542 yards of the season for him. And they got a really good receiving core to throw the ball off to. Not to mention, honestly, this offensive line for NC State, to me, it's one of the more impressive Austin's lines in the ACC. Um, Grant Gibson has, has done a really good job for them up front at center, um, and they've done a great job scoring points this year, 31.5 points per game, six yards per play this season, and I don't think they're really going to have a whole lot of problem at all against this Florida State defense. You know, they don't get me wrong, the defense has improved from last year. Um, that's one area of the ball that, that Florida State hasn't looked horrible. They've held teams to 26.88 points per game, which isn't great, but it's okay. Um, They've also only given up 5.32 yards per play, and while I loved this team going into the season, Florida State just has not lived up to the hype that they once had. NC State, on the other hand, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, returned nine guys from last year, they're only allowing 16.25 points per game, and Drake Thomas has been an absolute stud on the field, 68 tackles, two interceptions for him, and NC state just continues to be one of my favorite teams in the ACC. And honestly, I think they have a huge week in this game. I think it's going to be, you know, one of their bigger wins of the season. Not to say that Florida state's even a huge win at this point in the ACC, but um, I think NC state continues to cook. Give me them minus two and a half in this one. The final game on the card: UTSA taking on UTEP and, it's a strange thing to say that this might be my favorite play of the day, but I, th- I think it, I think it probably is. This is going to be one of the better games of the day. And in, in my opinion, you no know, UCSA is eight and zero on the season had an absolute fiery start to the year. And you'd see that is not done much worse six and two on the year, but for this UTSA team, you know go and obviously have that huge win last week jeff trailer um his extension through 2031 i would be very shocked if he stays through 2031 if he keeps winning like this i think he's going to get some some big time offers elsewhere but for the moment he's you know the utsa head coach through at least 2031 and this team has been so so impressive this season frank harris has been absolutely amazing at quarterback 1793 yards 16 touchdowns on the year and Let's just be honest. UCSA has one of the best wide receiver groups in the entire country. Two guys over 500 yards, another one over 400, and that's that's what I love to see. I love to see wide receivers and quarterbacks who spread the ball out, get multiple people involved, and and don't just have one guy who's getting all the catches. Granted, sometimes you just have that superstar and, and he's going to levitate and you know get the catches and whatnot. But they've done a really good job in that area, and you know, Sharon McCormick has done a really good job rushing the ball for this team too. 891 yards, nine touchdowns, and this offense is just a Electric as heck to watch. 39.38 points per game, also averaging 5.94 yards per play. So nothing to worry about for UTSA on the offensive side of the ball. As far as UTEP goes, um, they've also had a very impressive season. You know, definitely have turned the losing culture around. Dana Dimmel has been really, really good um, this year. And, you know, this will be one of their biggest games of the season. Obviously, um, you know, that Boise State loss early in the season was not exactly how they wanted, you know, that game to go. But I think they have a little bit of redemption that they can, you know, prove in this game if they're able to keep it competitive. Um, And Garvin Hartson has done a really good job. Throwing the ball for this UTEP team, 1,876 yards. Ronald Watt, really good, solid running back option, two, 503 yards for him. And you know this offensive line is just very experienced. They offer some great protection, and and they return five of six wide receivers from last season. You know it's a, it's a, another team that does a great job spreading the ball around. Um, Jacob Cowing leading that group with 811 yards, and while they are only putting up 24.88 points per game, um, which is a little bit concerning, they're still doing a decent job moving the ball, 5.87 yards per play. Um, Just gotta, you know, be a little bit more careful with the ball, limit turnovers, um, and just seize opportunities when they get them, you know, not, you know, giving the ball back to the other team. And, Against the UTSA defense, that is is very good. You know that could be definitely a hard feat. You know, um, defensively they've played very well. Also for UTSA, only allowing eighteen point um, seven five yards or points per game and five point one three yards per play. But it's not like UTEP's defense has been really much worse. It, 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 it's honestly quite about the same. Twenty point three eight points per game, allowing four point seven three yards per play. And, and and UTEP's team, and really the reason I love them in this game. They're just so experienced. They have such a deep roster, um, and they're a team that plays close games. Throw the, the Boise State game out because that's kind of the outlier here, and it, it doesn't fit my narrative. <laughs> but uh, um, UTEP plays close games, and, and we've seen them be very, very competitive, and, and I've loved betting on them this season. And while I love this UTSA team, I mean, go Roadrunners for sure. Um, Outside of this game, I'm cheering them for them to win. And honestly, I don't care if they win this game as long as UTEP covers the 11. And that's really what it comes down to. On the road for this UTSA team... They shouldn't just be they should not be 11 point favorites i get that it's you know a nationally televised game they're a ranked team and in and, and 11 and people are going to be betting utsa so you know the 11 kind of makes sense in that aspect but these are two very competitive teams they're two teams that play some good games and i think utep keeps it closer than 11 so give me utep plus 11 in this one and that wraps up week 10 of the college football season what an action-packed week it was from, you know, maxion through Saturday, absolute banger of games all week and it's really just been a joy to cover, a joy to watch. I can't wait for these games on Saturday. If you're not already, follow me at Hot Tip Chris on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you follow me there so you don't miss out on any future content, as well as on the Best Stamp app where you get early access to all these picks the second I record each episode. Also, follow the HotTipets main account, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, to stay up to date on all the computer model action over there, as well as if you're watching here on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell notification so you don't miss out on any future content. Also, make sure you drop a comment down below. Let me know who you guys are betting on for this Saturday's college football card. And thanks for watching today's show. I will see you guys tomorrow.